Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me a little cake first, and bring it unto me. And after that, then make a cake for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. First Kings chapter 17, verses 13 and 14. There was a drought and a famine in the land. This widow woman had only enough left to make one more cake for her and for her son. Once that was gone, then she would have nothing left and no way to replace it. Then the man of God shows up. He doesn't bring charity or a word of flattery. Instead, he tells her something that most would find pretty offensive, this situation. God sometimes does this to test our responses. He tells her to take all that she has and to give it to him. And then to have faith that there will be enough left for her and her son after. The amazing thing is that she actually did it. The scripture doesn't even record a hesitation, no rebuttal. She just obliges. She honored God and others above herself. And for it, God performed a miracle. Her jars of flour and of oil never ran dry while the hard times persisted. She had a promise from God that she would not lack. And that always makes me wonder how many people she helped through that famine, knowing that God had promised to provide an endless supply of wheat and oil, that he himself would refill her coffers. She had given generously in her physical lack. So would God give back of his supernatural abundance and his great faithfulness. What would make this woman respond in this way? To Elijah's request, well, she had faith. You see, every Jew knew that the greatest commandment was to love God first and others second and to put yourself last. Yet many had not been living by this commandment. This was part of the reason that the famine had come upon the land. God gave her a chance to stand in opposition to the reason for the judgment and thus exempt herself from it. Is that not amazing? That what seemed like an unreasonable demand was actually a test because God wanted to bless her and others through her, including the very man whose demand seemed so offensive. And her response was correct. It was rooted in humility, faith, and obedience. She gave her first fruits to God, and God gave back with abundance. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, we read this, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In Israel, there is a principle called first fruits. It is a principle of giving all of what you have as soon as you get it to God in faith that he will supply your needs through grace, just like the widow woman did. This was done with the harvest, with livestock, with everything in a Jewish person's life. The principle did not come from the Jews themselves, but rather from God. Therefore, does God himself always honor it? And more than that, he also follows it. Therefore, the greatest example that we have of it is Jesus. God actually gave us his son in order to get back many more children. We, once having received him, gave Jesus back up to God as the first fruits of those who are to be resurrected in faith that there will be a larger harvest of the resurrected one day. Even tithe and offering, if done properly, works on this premise. We are to give in abundance of the first of what we get and trust that God will multiply it and give back more than is needed. The tithe, which is the 10%, actually already belongs to God. It is required. Therefore, giving it in obedience prevents a curse. Because that we are not standing in opposition to the will and word of God. We're not robbing him, as the scripture says, because that it already belongs to him. We're just walking in obedience to surrender it. Therefore, does God rebuke the devourer as he promised? Which means that we will not unnecessarily lose what we have. Yet the offering, what is above the 10%, the more which is where the everything in these stories lies, is where the provision of miraculous blessings and abundance comes from. Think of it as wheat. The 10% preserves the seed, but being willing to sow everything brings the abundant harvest in. One big enough to bless everyone. This is what we read of in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, where it says, But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. In other words, don't give with a bad spirit just because you have to, just to be obedient. Give joyfully in joy, giving. Be a charitable person at heart. For God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Now understand he's saying that God is able to pour out on you blessings, but he's not going to do it to please your flesh or to fill your own lust or for your own purposes. He will do it to provide abundantly to every good work. It will fund the work 
of the kingdom. And as long as you keep using it for God's glory and for God's purposes and to tend to those who need it or to fund ministry, he will cause it to keep coming. Remember the widow woman. She tended to the man of God. So God tended to her. Jesus demonstrates this principle in the New Testament with the boy who gave all of his loaves and fishes. Jesus multiplied to feed the hungry and to support the ministry and ended up giving back 12 baskets. I tell you this right now, my friend, because Jesus is surely asking many, will you give me everything in your lack so that I can bless it and give more back that you might have an abundance to bless others from? Is that not what he asked the rich young ruler? Oh, don't miss your opportunity like he did. Seek the Lord and see what he is speaking in this season. It's a season of giving in faith that will be followed by a season of receiving by grace, if you believe him. I have seen this happen and proven true over and over in my life. We have given to the point of emptying everything many times and he has always then turned around and refilled our jars to more than before god never does anything for no reason god does this to test and to teach us to be generous to trust god to tend to us and to bless others in obedience and selflessness this is the reality That the devil is always tempting, but God is always testing. The devil wants us to fail, but God wants us to win and be elevated. The devil wants us to be stripped, but God wants us to be equipped. He wants to pour out on us more abundantly authority and resources. Yet there are conditions. We have to trust him. We have to have faith. We have to have the fruits of the Spirit so that we don't misuse what we are given. Therefore, God is watching to see what he can trust us with. Those that are faithful with the little, he will trust with so much more. Yet those that bury the little that they have been given, then why would he trust you with increased resources and provision? It's just going to be wasted. On selfishness. So in all things, use what he gives you to the fullest. And he will trust you with more of it. This applies to both physical and spiritual resources. Don't hoard. Give freely. And more will be given. Oh, we are meant to be the middlemen of God's kingdom not dead-end roads for his resources. Jesus warns us of this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, to lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also.
So, Lord, we come before you humbly today and we ask for increased faith in this area. Oh, make us generous, make us givers, Lord. Let us not fear, not having resources or provision, but let us have faith in your faithfulness that you are a true husbandman to us. You will provide, and you love when we tend to each other. The brethren ought to be willing to sacrifice for one another. Give us eyes to see where there is a true need, and give us the ability to fill it abundantly. Our desire is to give what little we have to you, not just the bare minimum, but all of it, Lord, that you might bless our little widow's jar and give back more. Because when times get hard, we want to be able to make bread, not just for us and our own house, but for the work of the Lord and for those who are without. Lord, we ask today for greater faith, that you would help our unbelief, because sometimes in the face of scarcity, it's hard to believe more abundantly. It's natural to want to grab hold and hold and store up and tend to me and my own. But today, Lord, as we tend to you in prayer and in praise and in faith, we ask that you tend to us and our home and to show us where we might be able to better serve you and others first. Lord, show us the need of the single mother. Show us the kid that needs a little extra. Show us the elderly person that is lonely. Show us the one who is hungry and cold and in need of something. Show us those opportunities where we can be the hands and feet of Jesus, where we can shine a light in the darkness. Oh Lord, we don't want to be salt that has lost its savor. Let us hold fast to the truth and our profession of faith, but let us also be a good representation of you who was always selfless and full of faith. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.